Hi, I'm Ungazi, and you're welcome to the ZB Show. Thank you for tuning in. Like I always say, I'm very grateful for the support I get from you all. Thank you for tuning in. You know, whenever I see that people are listening to the ZB Show, I just feel an overwhelming gratefulness in my heart because when I started this show, I had no idea it would get to the level it is at right now. I just had so much on my mind and I just had to, I figured that a lot of people were going through the same thing, you know, considering um, our society right now in Nigeria. So thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, I'm sorry, I might sound a bit angry, so I'll apologize in advance. Today, we're going to be talking about the Nigerian Immigration Service exam, or as I would rather call it, the Nigerian Immigration Service Massacre. Because that's what I think has happened. But first up, let's do a recap from last week's episode. Last week, we spoke about the alleged obesity rape. Now, like we said, no one can be, um, you know, accused of being a rapist except that person, you know, is convicted in a court of law. Now, while I think Mr. Obesary has every right to defend himself, if indeed he's innocent... I really thought it was tacky and insensitive to actually go on a newspaper and give a report or an interview saying yes, you know, sorry, saying no, while he didn't rape her, he admits yes, they had sex and it was very nice. I mean, that to me is disrespectful to people who have been raped worldwide, especially in a country like Nigeria as well. I mean, it's left to the courts to prove him guilty. It's left to them. To decide but at the end of the day when you make such comments it seems very uh, insensitive so i would really hope mr albessary would decline from making such comments until the case goes to court and then we have an outcome it's okay to say yeah we had consensual sex but it's ridiculous going as far as saying oh i enjoyed it i think it makes a joke of the whole situation and i would advise and plead that mr albessary Please refrain from giving such interviews. Uh, we spoke about the Boko Haram attacks, which, you know, killed those innocent children at FGC Buniadi in Yobe State. And since then, the attacks have continued. Nigerians have been dying and are still dying. It's terrible. Um, I think it was a few days ago I came up, uh, across a picture of some Boko Haram terrorists who were killed by the nigerian army while trying to storm an army base to um, help their colleagues in criminality escape now whenever i see such pictures or i see there's a warning about you know graphic picture i never click but for the first time i actually wanted to see and i know this might sound a bit mean but when i saw the pictures of those dead boko haram terrorists i actually smiled to myself because I feel like this is a war Nigeria can win if everyone is dedicated, if the government decides to tell us who exactly is funding it. I mean, President Jonathan has told us he knows the people funding Boko Haram, they're in the government. He said that years ago, and we're still waiting. Okay, moving on. I spoke about unemployment in Nigeria. I think it was episode 8 of the ZB show. I spoke about how difficult it was for people to get jobs, how people were being exploited. And it seems like things are getting worse. 
I mean, it's hard to read the news because every day it seems like, you know, when there's a little positive, they're like, we go 50 steps backwards. You know, we're talking about innocent Nigerian youth being sent to these these states that have been declared war zones like Borno and Yobe, you know, places with a state of emergency where it's clearly obvious that those places are not safe, you know. And then the NYC is sending people's children into those areas saying, oh, we assure you you're safe. Who is lying? If the Nigerian government is put in a state of emergency and sending the military there because it's not safe, can the NYC tell me why innocent children are being sent there to go and potentially die? Are you going to die for the country that doesn't care about you? What about the innocent NYC members that died, you know, during the elections last time? Whatever happened? We were not even told there was one minute of silence for them, and now you're going to send more people to go there. Like, that's ridiculous, right? I really hope the people that make these these decisions are of sound mind, because, you know, these things are apparently glaringly obvious to anyone with a brain who can speak, You just want to do things anyhow because you can't be bothered. We have a serious problem in Nigeria and we need to sort it out, really. Anyways, moving on. This weekend was a very bleak weekend in Nigeria, thanks to the Nigerian Immigration Service exam. And I do exam with my fingers doing the in quotes. Like I said, I'll choose to call it the Nigerian Immigration Service Massacre because I think that's what it was. That's what it is. Um... Graduates are being exploited daily in Nigeria. You know, the aim of the NYSC is to get some form of work experience. But when you're an engineer and then you're sent to a school to teach children or um, you're sent to a local government to sit down every day and basically do nothing and you're paid peanuts, what is the point of the NYSC? When you come out of school, all the jobs you apply for, they want experience. You know why? Because they're trying to avoid that cost of training a graduate. Every job requires training to get maximum potential out of it, maximum output. But because these companies want to just shirk around their responsibilities and pay people really cheap and tacky wages, they would say, oh, you know what? We want blah, blah, blah experience. And so when they eventually decide to take someone with a lower level of experience, they think they're doing you a favor and decide, okay, you know what? You won't get paid for six months because it's training. That has happened, and it's still happening in Nigeria. People work, and they're not paid their salaries on time. Sometimes they're not even paid at all. It's regular in Nigeria. It happens all the time. I know people it has happened to. And um, people are forced to seek alternate means of living because, you know, when you have a job and then you realize what you're being paid is not enough to sustain your family and yourself, or maybe you're not even being paid. You're owed six months' salary. You can't leave because you can't forfeit the amount owed, you know, There's just wasted workforce potential in this country. Everything is wasted. You see youths are so intelligent. They've got amazing ideas. But you know what? No one is even willing to give them a chance to try that out. You know? I mean, this is a serious problem. And that's why these days people would do anything. I mean, anything to leave Nigeria. It was, I think, last Sunday in the morning... I was watching a program on NCA or maybe two weeks ago about something called desert storming, where people actually walk through the desert to get to Europe. And the man that was, you know, narrating his experience, it was sad because basically, you know, he got in one car, 
he was supposed to get in another car and someone said oh no get in this one and he got in the other one and the one he was supposed to get in everyone got murdered on the way this happened you know around the countries you know maybe chad or something before they got to libya and then try to cross over into, you know, that area of Spain. I mean, it's ridiculous, you know. Everybody just thinks, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm upset. I'm upset the Nigerian youth spend and suffer and toil, you know, even with strikes. Maybe you're supposed to get done with uni in four years, and then you get done in six years, and then you wait for your name to come on the NYSC list. So basically, you're waiting maybe another year or two before you're eligible to work in the country, and that's four years wasted. And then after that four years, you come back, okay? I've done my NYC. I waited one or two years to get um, for my name to come out because of population, carryovers, blah, blah. And then... You get the NYC done, and then you can't get a job. And then in order to get a job with Nigerian immigration, you actually need to pay. Yes, the applicants are that. You know what? There's a song that's coming to my head right now. It's basically people thinking, you know, I need to get out of Nigeria all, by all means, by any way possible. I need to get out of Nigeria because, you know, things are just so tough. And I don't blame them. But because, you know, they have these make-believe ideas. You know, sometimes people that live in other countries try to make it look like, oh, life's a bed of roses where I am and stuff. And people don't really know that. You can't just, even if you find your way abroad, again, in quotes, you can't just expect the money to fall from anywhere. You need to work hard for it. But because they've seen a lot of people living these false lives and there's, there's so much expectation back home in Nigeria, there's so much responsibilities, some people turn to crime. It's such a shame, but that's exactly what's going on in our society. So, you know what? Before we start talking about this whole issue with the massacre of innocent Nigerians by the Nigerian Immigration Service, I think we should listen to this song by Precious. Don't go away. We'll be right back. About one boy named Johnny, Johnny been the hustle for Nigeria, but Johnny biggest dream not to go Yankee. Johnny get the business from Nigeria, but Johnny just a complain every day. No light, no road, no water. Johnny come decide to walk a commode Nigeria. Johnny come selling houses, selling motors, selling land. Johnny even borrow money, borrow money from one of him party and his family. Last last year, Johnny finally gets it inside. Johnny shout hip hop Before you go know Johnny get it back from London yeah. One, I don't land here Show me where them plants the money yeah. Make a stack to the clock the money yeah. As for Johnny just come on yeah. I don't land here Hajibola show me where the money there Make a stack to the top the money yeah. As for Johnny just come on Hajibola show me where the money is yeah. Where the milk and the honey is yeah. 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 Everybody start to the look out like bunker Johnny start to the hustle From train to bus, say Johnny just the bus Johnny come to remember Niger He remember him go for Niger Johnny was a big boy for Niger But now for London, money just they had Johnny Too much light to you, but too much 
busy, oh But up and on top of that, in people for home still they ask Johnny for pounds, yeah. Show me where them plants the money, Precious with his song Johnny Just Come. I feel it sort of sums up um, quite a lot about the way we think, you know, or maybe all the answers to our problems are abroad. While I understand that life is very difficult in Nigeria, when you go abroad, you're not expected to be a bed of roses. Yeah, it's sometimes it's way easier than it is in Nigeria, but please always try to do the right thing. Do not expect that manna will fall for heaven. You can't just you know arrive in whatever country you go to and expect that you know what money's waiting for me somewhere it's not you need to work hard anywhere you are okay let's move back to the topic at hand the nigerian immigration service massacre as as i choose to call it um i mean in my opinion i think that's what it was anyways after this we'll talk to witnesses people who were at these centers these um what would we call them now these massacre halls in two different states in Nigeria. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk to them, hear their opinions, and while they give us the first-hand information on what exactly happened. And I must add, we have pictorial evidence as well, which will be up on Facebook and Twitter. So the Facebook for the show is at ZB Show. I'm sorry, Twitter for the show is at ZB Show. And Facebook is facebook.com forward slash the ZB Show. So right after the show, please check back on the Facebook page and the Twitter page, and you would find these pictures to collab- collaborate the evidence that we have currently. Okay, let's start from, you know, the beginning. Basically, Saturday, 15th of March, 2014, people were, you know, invited to these centers in different states in Nigeria, five different areas in Nigeria, to sit for an exam, which would, you know, consider them getting a job with the Nigerian Immigration Service. Now, like one of the witnesses says... This um, text inviting them was only sent on Friday. It was sent on Friday the 14th of March. And people were told to arrive on Saturday the 15th of March. Yes. Okay. 
So apparently the Nigerian Immigration Service has some vacancies, has a, a vacancy for about 3,000 people. And the turnout in Abuja alone was over 65,000. Yes. And now we need to remember that these exam centers were scattered, you know, in different regions in Nigeria. You've got Benin, Lagos, Port Harcourt, Abuja. So, yeah, your guess is as good as mine. But I think one of the shocking aspects of this um, massacre is the fact that people actually paid. Uh, it's the first time in my life that I'm actually hearing of people paying the government to get a job. But we'll address that shortly. So let's go back to a rundown of this whole situation. So basically, these people turned up. I don't know how they expected to manage the crowd, but um, 65,000 people in Abuja, between 40 to 60,000 people in Port Harcourt as well, all turned up to, you know, have a chance to sit for this exam and get a job. Now, that shows that there's a huge problem in Nigeria. It shows, you know, high unemployment rates, you know, people are basically jobless. You know, sometimes when we say unemployed, it's a polite way, but let's call it what it is. It's jobless. People have no sources of living, you know, or wherever people are, they just want to move on and get something better. Well, unfortunately... We've gotten reports that six people died in Abuja and there are reports that five people died in Port Harcourt. Conflicting reports we've got between five. Some radio stations are reporting as five people killed and others are reporting as four people killed. So it's a bit hard. And we know how it is with, um, you know, information. The media, especially government-regulated media, always finds a way to sort of hide the true nature of things from us. But, okay, just to confirm, the centers for this that I'm aware of are Lagos, Kaduna, Abuja, Asaba, Benin, and Port Harcourt. So those are six regions that we are sure these um, things took place at. Of course, you know, if you live in, um, let's say, Akwaibom, and there's no station around you, it means you have to travel to the nearest place, which might be Port Harcourt. And shockingly enough, people had barely 24 hours notice. So we can imagine that some people either chose not to go or couldn't make it but we've got large numbers of people and you know what let's just speak to the witnesses because right now i'm just confused our first witness is miss ta as we would call her don't go away Okay, okay. Hi, Ms. and by your estimation, about your experience at this immigration exam center. Wow. Okay. How many officials were in place? How many officials? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
they actually sold the application forms we applied online and we paid 1000 naira per applicant wow yes it has been happening this is not the first time um there were reports yes. that there were casualties did you hear or see any casualties while you were at the yes, stadium yesterday morning while people were trying to climb the fence to assess the, the, the stadium yes i we, we saw some officials trying to bring out some 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 ladies they, they were they were gasping for breath but i didn't know what eventually happened but before the end of the whole exercise i heard that during this party because i wasn't close to it i had to move yes i wasn't the people that were there said a pregnant woman was the first person to die oh at the end of the God. day uh, they took them to national hospital about seven people lost their lives not to count the number of people that were rushed out yes that fainted right wow. on the field while we were inside the stadium about at the count about four that i saw yes Okay, I need to ask, because some pictures that came online, we saw people dressed in white. So I was wondering, are those pictures actually from the examination centers or are they pictures from NYC camp? The, 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 the information they, they, they put on, their in, the, on the website was that we should come with uh, exercise clothing that is fit for exercise. Okay. So I think people mis, misinterpreted that because I didn't wear any white and white as far for how many years now. I just wore my my polo shirt or my yoga stands and trainers and I, I, I knew that i could exercise with okay. people just misinterpreted the information started buying white and white like nyc they are going for nyc registration okay they didn't they didn't they didn't specify they just said clothes that is fit for exercise okay all right yes okay at the end of the day there was no exercise of any sort were there any medical teams before um the stampede started no we i didn't see any ambulance until we entered the stadium okay i didn't see any ambulance but I, I, when we entered i saw about three ambulances just parading so the people that were fainting the ambulance they, they were carrying them and taking them away all right so at the end of the day did the exams hold it held they what they did was they they separated us According to our qualification, they said the BSC upward, we should go to the to the other part of the stadium. Okay. And the NGNC and school staff should come down. So they thought, actually, maybe they saw upward in the morning, the stampede and all that. So yes. I went to the BSC first. After we submitted our papers, they, they, they didn't they did, they did give papers to the, to the lower cadre people. So they allowed us to, to move out. Okay. So after moving out, that was when they started the agent so that there won't be much stamping like it was in yes. the morning. Okay. So what time did you leave the stadium after your exam? After the exam, I left around past four. Wow. So you were there from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m.? Yes. I left past four. Okay. And there were reports that people were selling pure water as much as two for 50 naira. Yes. Pure water two for 50 naira. Gala, other naira. I bought, I remember I bought a kind of uh, Martina for 250 naira. Wow. 
Okay. So they just hide the prizes and you and this 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 Martina is was not even a very it's not it wasn't a cold, it was not refrigerated at all. We we're still rushing to find it, even though it was not high. Yes. So we're still rushing because you needed to put something in your tummy, you've exhausted all you had on you. So yes. you just have to just have to. Wow, this is this is a terrible ordeal that I mean I can't believe that in two thousand and fourteen Nigerians are, are still going through this kind of treatment by the government. I yes, mean, yes, and to, 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 to cap it off, none of their um, superior officers came there to even say to, to check on what yes. was going on. They just sent some officers down. They just sent them down. No inspection, nothing, no no round check, nothing. It's as if nothing was happening. Probably they would just be in their house and be watching the TV yesterday after they've caused so much chaos, after they've caused so many people pain. These people that died, they left their houses terrible. yesterday morning. Just, they, they never knew they were coming to die. Oh, this is terrible. I'm, I'm... You pay your debt with 1,000 Naira application fee. And this is just this, it was an answer. No, this is terrible. I, I, I don't stay back. I would have gone in there. I said, like I want to see the end of it. I want to see the end of Yes. So, and unfortunately for me, I had a very good place to sit. There was no sun. There was well covered. But the hair was already mixed. Yes. About wow. 60,000 people in, in a particular place. I, that's, were that's... Just, were just there, exhausted. Wow. Yeah, I woke up this morning. I can't go to church. I am very, very weak. I can't go anywhere. I can imagine. What, after you wrote this exam, did the officials maybe apologize for the long wait or, you know, apology. the incidents? Even the officials were tired and said they need apology from their organs. <laughs> I'm serious. In fact, in one of, some of them, they removed their uniform when the heat was much. Just the inner, the white inner. Wow. This is terrible. This is terrible. On your own. Yes. It's not even encouraging. We are not impressed because the people that have gone to school, nothing is coming forth to encourage the younger ones to to to, to be serious with their studies. Yes. Wow. So I would just advise, as you are going to school, be learning another trade or all this, all all this other what people do that does not involve going to school. Yes. This is going to be a fashion. Go to fashion school, it's going to be a, a catering work. Go and learn it because the Nigerian government they don't have time for us, so that's the fact. They don't, even, they don't have us, the, the youth, in their master plan. Let me use that word. So, as you are going to school, be learning a trade so that if, if the education is not going to fetch you money at that time, something else will do. Okay. I can tell, yesterday I was now reiterating that imagine. It's not that we will not, I will never encourage criminality, but when you are frustrated, there's exactly. nothing you cannot do. Yeah. 
Amrobat. Imagine someone you finished school six, seven years ago. Yes. Going from one office to the other to conduct interview at, at the end of the day. And to make it work, all these private companies, because they know that the Nigerian government, they don't have anything for the youth. Yeah. So they are making, they, they, they've taken themselves as God that the little we can offer, if you cannot take it, then you give it. Exactly. Go and see the way they treat they use you like, 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 piece of and they hold you at the end of the day. Yes, uh, Miss, we need I, action. We, need action. We, we need do. Action. That's what we need. I think the time has come. If they want to shoot, they cannot kill over 60,000 people. Yes, that's the fact. Mm. But nobody made move. We we're just sitting as if we were comfortable, we were suffering. That's what a legend fellow would say, suffering and smiling. I think yeah. the time has come for us, you know, when we feel like we're suffering, we'll speak Thank out. you very much, Thank you for joining for us. And to everyone listening in, I must apologize for the quality of that um, interview. Unfortunately, it was conducted via phone as Miss T.A. is currently in Abuja. And just in case, you know, that wasn't clear enough, she is actually joining us on the phone. And of course, we all know the problems we have with our various networks in Nigeria. Making a clear phone call is a problem. I mean, you have your money, you top up your phone, you can't even make a phone call. You can't hear the person, the person can't hear you. It's ridiculous. Anyways, back to the issue at hand. Um, that was Miss T.A. joining us from Abuja. And she was a candidate at this massacre in the stadium in Abuja. And from what we've heard from her... We can see that it basically, there was something she said that really made me feel bad. She said we were on our own. And I've realized that sometimes as a Nigerian citizen, you have no one to turn to. If you haven't got family that can support you, you truly are on your own. Even if your family can support you, you still expect, you know, those basic things that your government should do. You know, we expect we should have water, we should have light, we should have motorable roads. You know, in fact, it's so strange these days, people don't even talk about water anymore. Because it seems like everyone has gotten used to the idea of never having water. And everyone, at least in the city I live in, Port Harcourt, almost everyone has their own water supply. You know, no one does the whole water board thing because I don't think it even works. You know, so if people can't afford it, people always go around to their neighbors to get water. Or people in some situations might have to buy water where water is not available. And, but I mean, it's ridiculous. You can't give us water. You can't give us light. You can't give us jobs. And I understand that people say you should create jobs for yourself. That is true. But I also need to emphasize on this. Not everyone is an entrepreneur. I mean, I've done a course on entrepreneurship and innovation. And... Some people just need that security of a nine to five. Some people are not entrepreneurs, so we cannot force them to be entrepreneurs because it's not who they are. It's not what they can do, you know? So when we talk about, you know, people trying to get a skill, yes, it's good to get a skill. I've got a skill. I mean, I love making fabric jewelry and, you know, someone said, you know, you should turn this into a business and I did. And yeah, I still do that, you know? So... It's something I loved. It was a skill I learned. I was doing it for myself. And then I saw the potential. I got the information. I'm like, why can't I make, I make a business out of it? You know? So, yeah, I make Ankara fabric, jewelry, clothes, shoes, and bags. And while it's a good idea, some people, unfortunately, do not even have the um, resources to actually be entrepreneurs. I'm not aware of any cases where you'd walk into a bank with a good business plan and they'd say, okay, you know what, we'll give you the money because we believe in your idea. No, they'll probably look at it, steal your idea and say, there's nothing we can do, you haven't got collateral or, you know, something. 
you know so we should try to be realistic and miss ta i can understand like i mean wow let's just say we had some conversations and it's a very very hard life we'll take a short break now and i really want us to get the message of precious song so i'll play that song again and when we come back we'll speak to a second witness don't go away we'll be right back and of course after that then we go ahead and analyze the whole situation based on the information we've gotten first hand from the witnesses don't go away we'll be right back About one boy named not Johnny Johnny been the hustle for Nigeria But Johnny biggest dream not to go Yankee Johnny get the business for Nigeria But Johnny just a complain every day No light, no road, no water Johnny come decide to walk a come or die die Johnny come selling house, selling motors, selling land Johnny even borrow money, borrow money from one of him party and his family Johnny finally gets it inside Johnny shout hip hop Before you go know Johnny get it back from London Show me where them plots the money Start to the clock the money Ask for Johnny just come Show me where the money is yes, yes, Where the milk and the honey is Alright, so can you please tell us which of these exam centers, these immigration center exams you were at? Okay, I, I was a part of the people that went to the Division Stadium on yesterday. Can you tell me when did you apply for this job? It was done precisely on the 12th of October 2013 online. I paid 1,000 naira. Please go on. The information will receive a text on Friday, on Friday, which was on the 14th. 14th, yes. So when they sent us the text and they asked us to leave uh, the Nigerian Immigration Service and all applicants to come to the Division Stadium for... Okay. Personally, myself, I was outside. I never went inside the hall 
because I know things that are crowded this way. Yes. You know what was going to happen. So I decided to stay behind to see the last people here. And so we waited till that, you know, around that 2 o'clock, I even went into the hall. But I saw that people are fighting. Wow. There's people that are fighting, people that are immigration officers that are even giving out the exam speed. So much, in fact, I, 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 see that yesterday, I'm not wondering myself. Because of the stress, the sun and the rain yesterday. Yes. All on us. And okay. at the end, the whole uh, exercise was just, I don't know, flops, let me use that word. Did you still oh, write the exam? Yes, people wrote the exam under that condition. Delta people are running out that skelter, mm. we are dragging fighting, just like that. Okay. So people wrote so people never did. Okay, so did you see any casualties? Like did you see anyone drop down, maybe pass out or anyone scream for help while you were there? I never because since I didn't go inside, I never see Okay. Alright. But were there emergency services like, you know, first aid, were there stations? Okay. Okay. So I need to ask, how many of these immigration officers were, you know, going to oversee this whole exam? Okay. All right. Wow. Okay. Welcome back. And that was our interview with the second witness, Mr. James from Port Harcourt. So, you know, I figured it might be a bit, um, it might sound strange if we just go right ahead and start, you know, analyzing the situation without, since we weren't there. But speaking to people who had this information firsthand, who were victims and who survived and who were there, I think right now we've got the right to actually speak about this. Okay. So many problems are highlighted, but I need to ask. The Nigerian Immigration Service made these people register online. So they were aware of the number of applicants. They definitely saw the amount of money that was being generated by the revenue these unemployed people were mandated to pay. So each person paid 1,000 Naira. Okay. I mean, I'm assuming if there was a technical glitch that, you know, happened in the systems in IT and they couldn't cap the number... I'm trying to think that maybe, just maybe, there's a finance department who would actually have um, an idea of how much is going into the account. Or is it someone's personal account? It's hard to tell. But if there's no finance department that was actually monitoring all this, then it means everybody sitting down there in the name of finance department are ghost workers, which is something very common in the Nigerian civil service. Yes. Okay. And, um, wow, I'm just amazed. I can't believe that this is 2014 and people are still being ripped off daily in Nigeria. You work for a private company, Wahala. You work for the government, Wahala. 
how how are people supposed to survive okay let's think about these questions why were these exams across the nation scheduled on the same day i really really want to know if you've got 65,000 people who you know you have applied for a job who have paid to get a chance to get a job you know 65,000 people at least in abuja probably more because like i said some people co- probably couldn't make the trip some people just decided it couldn't you know it's not worth it some people came to the scene saw what was going on and left for all we know it might have gotten up to about 80,000 or more that's for all we know you know it could be more but at least let's say between 60 to 65,000 people based on reports okay so we've got these people wouldn't the sensible thing to do be to uh, excuse me they said a job for 3,000 people, right? Yeah. And from what uh, Mr. James said, the text said all applicants. So there was no um, pre-screening process. Basically, anyone that had 1,000 Naira to pay that could afford 1,000 Naira was, you know, invited for an exam. Now, can you tell me how credible such an exam be? Exactly. Your guess is as good as mine. Okay, so if we had 60, even if we had 20,000 people and you wanted to do the exams the same day, wouldn't it have made a lot more sense to split the people into groups? Maybe have 2,000 at one center, have 2,000 at another center, have 5,000, you know, manageable groups. And then in a place like Abuja where you've got that ridiculous number and you've got about 50 uh, people to oversee it, let's say less than 100 because Miss T.A. seemed to be very thorough. Because, I mean, she took pictures, she documented everything. You know, and she said she saw about 50, but they were definitely nowhere near 100. Which collaborates with Mr. James' um, information, um, you know, which he's given us from Portacot as well. He said about 50 people, definitely not more than 100. So, I need to understand where on earth, you know, are you going to con- uh, conduct credible exams? In Nigeria, basically, where you've got... You know, let's not even go into that. Let's not even go into that. But let's be honest. How do 50 people or even 100 people oversee an exam with 65,000 people? How likely is it? Okay. Why was there no pre-screening to reduce the number of people? Was it basically anyone who could use a computer? Anyone who could pay? Excuse me. Anyone who could pay at a cyber cafe? As long as you could pay at a cyber cafe to get someone to do it for you. And you had 1,000 naira. You were automatically automatically shortlisted. Isn't that a problem? Shouldn't there be standards? Of course, there are standards. But in this case, I think the Nigerian Immigration Service was just looking for whatever revenue they could get. So basically, they turned these applicants into cash cows, taking advantage of the high rate of employ- unemployment in Nigeria. Another question. Why were they not done in batches? If you feel like, okay, it's a huge number. We've only got um, this stadium. Why weren't they done in batches? Why weren't they spread over a week? I mean, after all, they had paid 1,000 naira for it anyways. You know? Why was there no provision for emergency and first aid workers? People only saw the first aid workers after, you know, hours of being in the sun and maybe when there were some casualties and people injured and that's when they found them there. Okay, let's talk about Abuja now from what Miss T.A. has said. She got there at 7 a.m. and she was late because the crowd was already massive. The official text was 7 a.m. 
She got there at 7 and there was already a crowd there. Remember, this takes us back to what happened in the Niger Delta regions, Port Harcourt, River State, and of course, Yenegua, Bayelsa State. This was covered in episode 4 of the ZB Show. When Sterling Bank duped young Niger Delta youth, telling them to pay 1,000 Naira and the NDDC and the government will give them 100,000 Naira within 6 months. Sterling Bank, after they were exposed on the show, Sterling Bank still refused to make any comment. They've still not created accounts for people. They've not refunded that 1,000 Naira to people. Please, it's a whole messy situation. I'd advise you just go through the archives and try to find this show. So you can listen to it and know what Nigerian youth are going through. And then, like Ms. T.A. said, they were asked to come in <laughs> exercise gear. I find this ridiculous. Really, really ridiculous. In a stadium with 60 to 65,000 people, <laughs> where are you going to exercise them? What kind of exercise are they even going to do? And Ms. T.A. said people were playing football, suffering and smiling. Now I'm telling you, if those people were dressed pro- appropriately for like what you'd wear when you're going for an exam or an interview, I don't think they would have been doing that. Because, you know, you sort of respect what you're wearing. You know, I'm not going to go out and get an expensive suit and then, you know, I come to write some random massacre exam and then I start playing football, you know? It just shows, like, they weren't thinking of these people at all. Like, I think, basically, these people, in a sense, lost their right to dignity as human beings yesterday, Saturday the 15th, thanks to the immigration. Because, I mean, like, wow. It's just so overwhelming. I'm sorry if I sound angry, but the fact is I am very angry. A lot of Nigerians out there are angry. So I apologize for sounding angry, but I have an opinion. And I'm sure a lot of people are thinking what I'm thinking as well. I mean, people in Port Harcourt, like uh, Mr. James said, the sun beat them and then the rain beat them as well. And then some people still didn't write the exam. And then people died. You know what? Let's forget everything else. People died. How does someone say to his family in the morning, oh, I'm going to write an exam. Maybe luck will shine on me this time. After you've paid 1,000 Naira and then they go to that place and then next thing their family gets a phone call saying their son or their daughter is dead. Like, it's so hurtful. I can't believe this is happening in 2014. I need to ask though, why was a stadium, a stadium chosen as the ideal location? Was it because of the exercise? Or because it was the only large space. Well, which means if, if you chose it because of the large space, it shows that the immigration service knew the amount of people that were coming, but they chose not to be prepared because it's the normal way of treating unemployed Nigerian youth NYC court members like they're second-class citizens. That's the way it is. Okay. Now, can I ask the most ridiculous thing? Why on earth do people need to pay to get a chance to attend an exam? Not an interview, not to be sure they're getting a job, but to get a chance to attend an exam for a job by the government. Can someone tell me what country on earth this is done in? In 2014, how are people paying the government to get a job from the government? Like, this is ridiculous. And then Abike Dabiri, the senator. Yes, yes, she's a senator of something. Is it diaspora affairs or something? Yeah, and then she goes on Twitter. Because seriously, these days, Twitter is so annoying. Because I think it's like an avenue for any disgruntled politician to just go out there and say anything without doing anything. I think it's very hypocritical, 
right? So Abike Dabiri, who is a senator in Nigeria, I knew her from watching her on NCA many years ago. She go, oh, sorry, she's a House of Reps member. And she says, exploitation of desperate youth seeking employment, another pathetic re result of um, failure of leadership in Nigeria. The House of Reps has passed a resolution asking government agencies to stop charging applicants for employment, but the executive did nothing. Your vote is your power. Use it wisely to bring about change in Nigeria. So what's this now? As far as I'm concerned, Madam Abike, based on what you've said, you're as bad as the rest. I'm sorry. Okay, the House of Reps passed the resolution. How, how does the lawmaking process even work? You guys need to tell us so we know what to do and who to contact. I mean, yeah, you sat there and you said it, but you're still saying there in the House of Reps, you're still getting the big allowance, you're still getting the big salary, you're still getting those perks. You know, have you ever tried to donate one-tenth of your salary? I'm not even going to say one month's salary. One-tenth of one, one month's salary. I'm not saying a whole month. Have you tried to donate it to see what you can do to create um, jobs in Nigeria? Or have you tried to donate it to see what can be done? As far as I'm concerned, I'm sorry. All those people in power, I cannot think of a good one. I think some people will only... Now, okay, your vote is your right. What vote are we talking about? Let's be sincere in Nigeria. Do elections actually work? No, they do not. Why? Because they are rigged. They are rigged. So, I don't understand this whole, um, your vote is your power. Let's be honest to ourselves. That's one problem we have in Nigeria. We are not being honest to ourselves. Elections are crap. Yes, Ngozi said it. We don't vote for people. People are imposed on us. So if you're with the Godfather, it's good for you. If you're not, well, too bad. Learn to kiss ass and then maybe you'll get there. So this whole, your vote is your power. Is this trying to sway us? Oh, don't vote for PDP or is this the APC thing? I don't care which political party. As far as I'm concerned, all of them are a bunch of frigging criminals. That's what they are. And they're exploiting Nigerian youth and they're killing us. I'm sorry, I think I need to take a deep breath. Okay. I need a few seconds. I'll be right back. You're welcome back to the Zibi Show. And no apologies for my anger anymore. I think I'm justified to be angry. Because I think, you know, enough is enough. This has gone on for too long. And I'm sick and tired of it. It just seems like the young people have to pay the price these days. I mean, pregnant women. A pregnant woman shouldn't even be in such a scene. But we don't know what she's going through. We don't know how much she's struggling. And then she goes to see if she can get a chance of a better job. And guess what? She and her baby die in the process. Like, that's really annoying. I'm angry and everybody should be angry as well. You've got that right to be angry. I mean, I read something um, maybe about a few years ago about the senate rejecting a bill asking where people had where some person had asked that money be paid to qualified and suitable graduates who were unemployed and they said no for just twenty thousand naira how are people supposed to survive i do not in any way shape or form condone violence i'm totally against it i'm totally against crime but after this incident yesterday do you know how many young people walked into that stadium hopeful you know, saying, oh, I might get a job. And do you know how many of them walked out saying, this is a waste of my time. That person has hammered. That person has hammered. And guess what? That's why the crime rate in Nigeria is increasing. You know the sad part? These politicians and the corrupt government officials are safe from it. You know why? Because they've got money. They can pay the police and the army and the Mopal and Navy, whoever, to pay and guide them. You know, they can use their stupid sirens, drive on the wrong side of traffic because they've got those people for backup. 
But the innocent people, you and I, who are not in that league, who don't have anything, we're going to be the, the people who are going to keep suffering. You know, we had three witnesses to be on the show today, but one of them chickened out because she was scared. And I said, no, you know, it can be done anonymously. Just get your voice out. But she was scared. And after a while, I thought she was scared, but it just seemed like she couldn't be bothered. And I'm thinking, if you as a young person, if you as an old person, if you as a Nigerian, if you as a human being are not willing to speak up for yourself, who do you think would speak up for you? Why do you think the government would care about you when you don't care about yourself? You know, we need to get the truth out there so people know what is going on. And if you're ready to sit down in complete ignorance and say, oh, you know what, I don't want to talk, this is not the first time it's happening. You know, the road on my street was very bad and I was upset. I was tired of sending tweets to all these government officials who should have been in charge with it and sending emails that no one was responding to. And I said, you know what, I'll just go and take clips of this road. I had people that were willing, they actually asked me to see the videos, you know, like big people in the media. And I went out and I did it and I tried to get interviews from people. Well, a lot of them couldn't be bothered. They were just going about their lives. And you could see them putting their feet in dirty water. Cars getting banged up. Like, people were selling. There was no, nobody was buying anything. Because no way on earth is anyone coming down from a car to stop there. And I was like, what is wrong with you people? Why are you so ignorant? Why can you not speak? I think a major problem in Nigeria is ignorance. I believe the government, the corrupt politicians, use ignorance as a tool against Nigerians. And I think the time has come to not be ignorant. We need to speak. We need to do whatever it takes. If it means marching to Asarok, I'm going to get to Abuja. If I don't have money for a flight, man, night bus, here we come. Seriously, I think enough is enough. It's been... Wow. I'm just amazed. You pay the government. You pay your government basically to let you have a chance to come for an exam <laughs> oh my goodness i'll tell you this i have a friend from kuwait and we're having a chat and unfortunately there was a conversation going on about lack of electricity in nigeria and he couldn't believe it and he was like ngozi you mean there's no electricity in nigeria and i said you know what yeah there isn't so a lot of people use generators and he's like oh okay the government gives generators and i said no you buy your own generator. And he's like, you mean you buy it yourself? I said, yes. He's like, okay, does the government give you fuel? And I said, no, you have to buy it yourself. He was amazed because, you know, it sounded like Nigeria is such a country that, you know, eighth largest oil producer in the world, you know, so many resources. You hear about how rich Nigerians are. And then you don't have stable electricity. And he said in Kuwait, basically from the day you're born, you start school from nursery or whatever up to university, you never pay a thing. It's the government's responsibility. When you get out of university, it's the government res government's responsibility to ensure you have a job. So when you don't have a job, you get paid. So the government always makes sure there is employment. You know, there are opportunities for people to get jobs. So they just don't get paid without doing nothing. So sometimes it might take people three months, but they always get a job. And even when they're not working, they're still paid as much as they would have if they were in a job. You know, I understand Kuwait has got a small population and obviously the leaders is not as criminal minded as the ones we've got in this country, you know? I mean, so when you're going to ask jobless people who are suffering to pay 1,000 Naira, where do you think they're going to get the money from, from those that don't have, come from homes where they can afford it? Do you expect them to steal? And then they get lynched in the streets. Where are they going to get that money from? 
It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Can we now see why crime is just growing out of control? You just hear about kidnappings. You hear about assassinations, robberies, 419, money rituals. The other day someone was caught with, he said, 18 skulls or something. Like, people are desperate. And desperation can lead people to doing things they normally would not do. The society is desperate. You cannot secure people's lives and properties. I'm speaking to the Nigerian government now. You can't secure people's lives and properties. You condone pedophilia, but you're more concerned about what innocent, consenting adults are doing in their bedrooms. And then people are dying because they're trying to get a job. People leave their houses in the morning with their, you know, documents, hopeful to get a job. And then they come back as corpses in the evening. Like, wow. And then this is the same government that would pay people to go on blogs to pray, sing for them. And this is the same government that would pay people who say good things about them on blogs. Like, what kind of superficial, stupid life is going on? I'm so, so angry. I'm really, really angry. This is the country where people die daily because they cannot afford basic medical care. I read something about two years ago about a pregnant lady in Port Harcourt who died. You know, she was pregnant at home with her husband and then complications started. In a rush to get her to the hospital, he didn't go with any money. He was more concerned about getting her to the hospital. When they got to the hospital, they said, oh, you need to deposit 60,000 naira. 60,000 naira. The man is like, okay, wait, let me go back home to get that money. Like, no, you need to deposit it now. Before he could go and come back, the poor lady died. That is it. You know what? It was 60,000 naira, but people have died for far less. This is the country where four innocent young men were killed in broad daylight. And every day we just keep hearing stories, stories, stories. Wow. You know what? I started the show because I wanted to inspire and motivate people. You know? But yesterday, after I heard about this incident of young people dying... Because they were going out to look for a job. I felt so discouraged. I felt disillusioned. I was sad. And I was upset. And I said, you know what? At this point, I think I'll just stop the show. Because I feel like... I'm sorry I'm getting emotional. I said, I feel like this is a lost cause. I feel like there's no remedy to the situation. I feel like Nigeria is done. We're at that point where nothing can be done. Where people are going to pay the government. Because they're trying to get a job. God... And I was so sure I was not ever going to have another episode of this show. But after I spoke to Miss T.A., she said, before I spoke to Miss T.A., we had communicated via email. And, you know, I sent her a link to my website. And she had seen some of the things I had done, some of the topics we had treated. And I'll just try to read out some excerpts from that email. And she said, I have checked your website and I'm so impressed. We need to splash our feelings into their faces. It's obvious they have no plan for the future of this nation. And when she said that, there was something in that email that made me say, you know what? I'm not stopping. Because, I mean, yeah, maybe I might be one of the lucky ones. But I'm not going to leave everyone. I'm going to continue whichever way I can. To try to make a difference. To try to inspire people. To try to see what we can do. To create that change. Be the change you want to see in the world. Yesterday I was really heartbroken. And I thought I would never do the show again. Because I just couldn't find that motivation. But those few words she said to me. Actually made me realize. You know what? There are people out there. 
that need to get their stories heard. And I'll make sure, in my own little way, we get those stories out and hopefully we can get the change that we deserve. It's my world, it's your world, it's our life, and we should speak up for it. Thank you for tuning in to the Zibi Show this week. Have a lovely week. Take care of yourselves, each other. Don't forget to spread the love. Until next week, aloha.